Did you know that 29% of all fiction books on the shelves are actually romance novels? Today, author Robin Reed shares how he taps into his romantic heart to entertain and inspire his readers. Not only that, but he gives us some clues on how to infuse more romance into our relationships. The Legendary Marriage Podcast begins now. If you're feeling more like roommates than soulmates, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast. Every couple wants to have a great marriage, but the trials and challenges of life pull us in different directions. So we talk with amazing couples who share their stories and incredible experts who share their wisdom about building a life together. And at the end of every show, we give you a conversation starter so you and your spouse can build more intimacy and connection in your marriage by having conversations that matter. Hello there, family. It's Danielle and Justin, and this is episode 117. Welcome hey, to the show. Yeah, whether you've been with us for a while, or you're tuning in for the first time, welcome to the family. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> wow. Wow. It's only like we've done this 116 other times, and you go blank now. You got nothing else to say. There was a lot of technical difficulties leading up to this. Ten minutes ago, I couldn't get you to shut up. Now. Uh, were you trying to get me to shut up? No, not really. Oh, jeez. I, I like it when you talk. I didn't know it was running off at the mouth. Jeez, honey. <laughs> You're being a little harsh on me today. <laughs> Welcome to the show. This is Danielle and Justin. We are... We're just having a, a good old day getting readjusted to life. Like, I know. You've been gone I've, for a week and so it's the re-entry hangover. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we got to get back on the same page. All right. So just before we get started here, I'll put a few words from our Legendary Marriage sponsors. Yeah. This episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast is brought to you by Freshly. Freshly offers chef-prepared, all-natural gourmet meals delivered right to customers' doorsteps through a weekly subscription model. Yeah, every meal packed with high-quality proteins, uh, never contain gluten, refined sugars, artificial additives, none of that yucky, yucky stuff. Yeah, here's the deal. Meals arrive fresh, they're never frozen, and they're ready to eat in three minutes. So head on over to legendarymarriage.com slash freshly, and you get 30% off your first month. Get uh, Three minutes feels like a dream right now, honestly. Yeah. It really, really does. Yeah, we've been we've been working this whole like keto meal plan thing for the last <laughs> few weeks, and it's a lot. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of preparation. Yeah. Which, by the way, I'm pretty sure they have a keto meal plan. Let's just sign up and do it. All, All right. right. Today on the show, we've got Robin Reed, romance novelist. Um, a lot of dice, not dicey stuff, but a lot of interesting dicey stuff. You really are off your game. Today. I am. I've been without you for a week. What do you expect from me? I, I don't. I don't know. We're only on our full game when we're together, honey. Yeah, that's just not true. It's not kind of codependent. But uh, anyway, moving on. So Robin's here to share some behind the scenes of like what it's like writing romance novels mm -hmm. and some of his intentions there. And it was a great conversation. Yeah. So let's just, we're going to dive right into it and we'll see you on the other side. Well, we're so glad to have Robin Reed on the show today. He is a contributor to popular blogs such as The Good Man Project. Love it. Yes. The Elephant Journal Yep. The Good Minds Journal. He is an author of nonfiction books and specifically 
romance books. Mm-hmm. After attending a romance writer's convention, he got hooked on the genre. Well, I've known Robin for 10 years, yeah, something like that. So like we've got we've got some uh, miles on on it. Did you actually pose for his last cover of his romance novel? Was that you? No, that was that was somebody else. <laughs> oh yeah, was it? Okay. I'll get you next time. I'll get you next time, JW. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Robin, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Big okay, fan. so seriously, we have to hear the story of how you got turned on to writing romance novels. Because I don't think we've ever spoken to a romance novelist before. Yeah, well, I mean, romance novels and marriage, um, <laughs> I think one could lead to the other. Uh, yeah. It's actually a funny story. Um, I was new uh, to San Diego from Austin, Texas, uh, where I know you guys. And it was 20, first part of 2016, so three years ago. And uh, I jumped on a dating app. And I was meeting people and I was having a really nice experience meeting wonderful people. And I connected with, with a writer and, um, and, and I can say her name, her name is Juliet. And, um, we were about to meet and she messaged me a day or two before and said, Hey, um, I've been seeing someone and, um, it's gotten serious. We're going exclusive. So I can't keep the date with you. And uh, I said, well, first off, congratulations for, for meeting someone. I'm super happy for you. And I noticed you're a writer. Would you like to just connect author to author? And, you know, writers are a, are a, a very, um, it's a very singular kind of, you know, it's a solitary thing. Um, yeah. So when you can collaborate with another author, it's just, it's, we get geeked out. It's very exciting. And so she replied, said, I absolutely love that. Um, we met at a coffee shop and were instant friends. Uh, it was it was perfect, and we've been friends ever since. And uh, her name is Juliette Sobinet, and uh, that's, not, that's her writer's name. And uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And, wait, did she write romance novels too? And her name is Juliette. Her name's Juliette, and she is a romance writer, like fully published, legit, six figure, like, and and all her novels are written uh, in in Paris. Or, or with a Paris uh, theme, oh, you know, really? kissed in Paris. Uh, okay, please say uh, her boyfriend's name wait. is Romeo. <laughs> <laughs> please, please tell me that, Robin. <laughs> well, he is. Uh, he's. He. They. They are now friends too. Super cool guys. He's long gone as boyfriend, but we remained friends. And um, while we were at the coffee uh, shop talking, she said, um, "I'm part of the Romance Writers." Association of America. And there's a convention in town in a couple of months. You should go. You'll love it. And so uh, I just on a whim, I bought a ticket. I went. It just happened to be in San Diego that year. Um, And wow, it was, I was probably one of 12 guys among 3,000 women. It was unbelievable. And most of those guys, except for one who was uh, a, uh, a man writing gay romance. The rest of them were all either um, editors, publishers. Yeah, you know, writing maybe right. romantic comedy. Yeah, they were helping their wives who were who were writers. But I was hooked. I mean, these chicks were all about developing great characters, getting them on paper, and getting that stuff published. Man, it was a business to them. And I just thought, this is unbelievable. Like these readers are ferocious. I mean, 
they read like a whale reader is what we call them. Yeah. will read 50 books or more a year. Unbelievable. They just devour the content. And, uh, so I, I jumped in. I mean, I, people had made fun of me in my business writing just in emails that I should be writing for Harlequin, which Harlequin, if you know, Harlequin is like the, is kind of like the, the, it's like the, the name of, of romance. Uh, right. 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 Like the, the cheesy romance novel with Fabio. That's Harlequin. Yeah. 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 And it's very respected. Is this where I pretend like I didn't already know that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if you're listening. <laughs> yet, so. No, seriously. Okay, gr- this was my first exposure to romance novels. Okay, so growing up, when I was a, I'm talking a child, my babysitter or my nanny, oh, she would read probably one a day, and um. I look back questioning, I'm like, was she watching us at all? Or was she just so entranced in these romance novels? Entranced. entranced. And I was I was entranced by the covers. I was always like, yep. what is going on? Yep. Like I'm like, you know, six. And I'm like, what are those, what are those people doing on that cover? But there was yeah. we always looked forward to like what was the new picture gonna be on the front of <laughs> in the front of her next book. Mm-hmm. So we didn't quite get it at that age, but um, yeah, we had some early exposure to Fabio. That's for sure. Yep. And it's changing. Romance, people don't realize this. Romance sells more than every other genre included. Wow. Really? What is that about? So not me. I don't mean to come off as crass with this, but the, it's pornography for women. Sure. It's, emo- yeah. it's emotionally it's, based. It's a, yeah. yeah, and it's it, it's and it's they're reading about it, and so it's that mind stimulation. Yeah, and it's it's fancy. It's a break, and if you get in with the readers, they'll tell you um, they're super loyal to their authors, and they'll tell you it's like, hey, I was you know I've heard stories of you know I was I was struggling with cancer, and I'm in the hospital, and the only thing that kept me going was your book. Yeah, because it just took me out of my world and it gave me something to, um, to, to think about and appreciate. Other readers will say it deepened my relationship with my, my husband or my significant other because I was able to, to create that, that thing that I wanted. And uh, yeah, it's, it's an unbelievable genre. And I've, I already had a, a romantic inclination in, in a lot of my writings. I was very evocative in my writing. Yeah. And so it was just a natural fit to, to make the shift. Yeah. Well, I want I want to know about you being the only, basically one of the only male authors at the romance convention. Like, how does this play out where, you know, are you, you know, looked over sometimes in the genre because you're a male author or like, how does that work with, you know, a sea of women authors? Yeah. um, You know, I thought that uh, there's not a guy, there's not a heterosexual man on the planet that doesn't fantasize about being the only guy in a convention of 3000 women. Sure. You know what I mean? And so I went in suit on pocket square, looking fly, right. Looking great. Thinking it's going to be kind of cool. Right. They didn't even know I existed. <laughs> they didn't even, they, they didn't look at me as may. I could have been a purple colored giraffe. They wouldn't know or care. Um, they were all about these guys, these women were about business and they're yeah. serious about it. And it's a $1.8 billion per year. 
industry. Wow. Yeah, it's huge. And so a romance writer um, almost can't do anything else because the readers are so they're so voracious in their in their reading. Uh, for a romance writer to to be popular, he's got to feed that beast, right? He's got to feed that readership, that tribe. Um, really, a book every quarter at, at minimum. And some some writers do a book a month, a novel a month, fifty, sixty, eighty thousand words per month. I have a friend who actually lives uh, near Austin. Here, he and his writing partner, uh, they do these these like fantasy western serialized books and they do they churn out about one to two a month Mm -hmm. it's crazy and and people love them they love them and it's funny you know i i probably much like yourselves i come from a little bit of the personal development world right which is one of the biggest sections in you know the business personal development you know some of the great gurus that have come through time in the last 33 decades and personal development is huge. And I just assumed that's the only place an author could make money. And, you know, they always say you, you can't make money with a book, you know, unless you're Anthony Robbins or the forward is by, you know, somebody like that. Yeah. And that's true in the personal development world. There needs to be some type of high ticket coaching deal or some type of course or spinoff. It's a, a book as a product. But with genre, um, it's a brand. It's a total brand. How did you know that you were a romantic guy? Oh like, my gosh, are you kidding me? Well, Have you met Robin? Well, I mean, were like, you this like this is a guy? For, were you like you eleven years know. old and you're like, you know, bringing your mom flowers or something? Like, how did you know you were like a romantic guy? When was that awareness? Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've, I've always been this way. I was raised this way. Um, my father was a haberdasher, which is a, a clothier. And uh, was also a dancer and drove a, you know, a convertible Cadillac. And so he had that flash. He taught me about um, uh, the ways of women, um, <laughs> right or wrong, from, from somewhat of his own defectiveness. Uh, he did instill uh, chivalry in me. Chivalry, gentleman nature. I've always been attached to um, um, the way we show up as humans. And the way, and the way sociolo- sociology fascinates me. And I've got a background in things like theology and philosophy. And so how the mind, body, spirit works has always been really interesting to me. Uh, you know, I kind of consider myself a bit of a mystic. And so to put my background on with that, the, that value system, it was just a natural fit. I, I'm the youngest of five, uh, but my brothers and sisters were far away from me. So I had a lot of time with my mother and my, my mother and father were much older than me. My, my father was 44 when he had me. Mm. So I was raised by an older man um, and an older woman um, that really instilled kind of those older values in me. And then being a creative, it was just, it's like, this is my, this is my land. It's my territory. It's where I want to spend the rest of my life. Well, it just makes so much sense because like, as long as I've known Robin He's, I've always kind of said like Robin's a guy who has, who has the soul of a poet. And so, and more than just like the parallel, oh, and because he writes, it's it just like the way you think, the way you engage with people, your sense of yeah. style, like everything about you has this kind of poetic quality to it. And it's just absolutely awesome to see uh, you living that out in a new, in a new way here. Thank so, you. I, I judged that for many years. I wasn't yeah. comfortable with it. I didn't think that I didn't think that guy could make money, could be in a relationship. And so 
you know, the masks of masculinity were, were really strong with me. And so, um, this author persona is, is deeply true for me. It's part of my true self and it's not, it's showing up big now, but it's not shown up until I did a lot of work on really uncovering, um, all the things I thought I had to be so that I could be who I really was. So that's, that's probably another topic, but fascinating uh, discovery. Yeah. Okay. So I want to, um, turn the corner just a little bit here. So the, the type of romance that interests me is like rom-coms and stuff like that. Like the, like 27 dresses. Hello. So amazing. Like, um, right. do, you, do you have a favorite rom-com Robin? Or you maybe know, so how to lose a guy in 10 days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, Are, yeah, so romantic or even comedy. any of the Disney movies too. Like, I feel like all the princesses have some sort of a version of this. Story. Sure, uh, I I am I love it all. I think it's great. Um, I like uh, I, I'm probably more like uh, what's that, Brett? Uh, uh, Legends of the of the Fall. Oh, you know, type of tragedy romance. Oh. You know what I mean? Um, the wildness of it. Um, I do like romantic comedies. I've, I've, you know, I've seen all of Matthew McConaughey's movies and his romantic comedy sure. thing that he did about 10 years ago. Um, um, you know, Patrick Dempsey, you know, all those. Uh, We're sw- think, I'm swooning over here. Woo! I, okay. Hey, I think, I think again, you know, if, if you're going to be a man who dates women, you, you better, you better like some romantic comedies because otherwise you're, you're screwed. <laughs> well, you point, that's a great point. Like, I, I think there's a story where we go, okay, all that stuff sets us up as guys sets us up to fail, right? Like this is impossible yeah. standard of the romance novel. Blah, blah, like I right. just want to like get a, get a thing of, of like a, a flower at the gas station on the way home and be like, I'm your hero. Right. You should get a lead balloon to go with it, honey. But the truth is, <laughs> I, I think I think it can actually set us up for success in a big way. Sure, sure. Oh, so. I think it can too. Well, it takes the it takes so it, it, I think it takes the pressure off the guy. I don't think any woman goes to a romantic comedy and goes, "Oh, I wish you could be like this." Like that's how women talk. Um, I think instead, you know, right. I know. I think instead, um, she gets a little bit of that enjoyment or that fix, right? Like, like the guys want to, like, if I'm going to be totally stereotypical, a guy wants to have a night out with the guys and that's going to be drinking a beer and playing a game of pool as if that's the only thing guys do. But if we're just playing the stereotypical card here, a guy wants his girl to go do that, but he enjoys his relationship more when he's able to go and do that with his fellas. Right. I think romantic comedies can kind of be the same thing. It's like, Hey, let's, let's put down the real relationship. Oh my God. You know, we're battling, you know, finances in the world and kids and let's put, let's take a break yeah, and enjoy this thing where there's no problems. You know, nobody goes to the bathroom. Nobody, you know, cleans dishes you know, there's none of that everything's perfect. And, you know, he's in a suit, she's in a dress and it's boy meets girl and it's happily ever after. And, ah, great. Right. I mean, it's entertainment. 
I feel less stressed just hearing you kind of give a recap like that. I know. <laughs> and I'm also kind of thinking it almost just sounds like whether it's good or bad, it's an escape because maybe romance can't really be real. Like, is that what you're saying? Like, it's only something for... No. No, no. Yeah, I, I would never say romance is real. I think I, I get I get what you're saying, and I understand that that uh, um, it, I, I think it's all about comparisons, right? Like, if what are you comparing it to? I mean, at the end of the day, it's entertainment, and I think it's I think it's the ultimate that we all strive for. You never yeah. and you're gonna you're gonna hit that that top end line occasionally. Mm-hmm. right you just can't live there you're gonna have bottoms you're gonna have lows you know you got but, bills man. i mean come on you got sure. bills you got chores totally but romance romance is, is as a genre is is entertainment it's escape mm. which describes i mean there's there's no end of in america there's no end of escapes stay tuned for more of the legendary marriage podcast All right. So all of December, we gave away 60 minute breakthrough coaching sessions and it was a blast. We got to talk with some amazing couples who are fighting together to build legendary marriages. Yeah, it was so much fun. We decided we're just going to keep doing it. Let's do it. Coaching has changed our lives and our marriage. And we went through a crisis in 2005. We didn't know if we would make it. Like, obviously we did. And coaching is a big part of why we're still here. And, mm-hmm. and it became such a big part that we're both coaches now. And 10 years have gone by, uh, more than 10 years have gone by, and all kinds of trials and challenges. And yet our marriage has never been stronger. High and, five, babe. Yeah, high five. Boop. So maybe you're like we were. Uh, maybe you're in a really tough season. Maybe you're not sure how to find a way through it together. Maybe you're doing okay, but just feel like something's missing. Maybe it's something about the relationship. Maybe it's just something in your own piece of life. Why not take an hour to get some clarity, create a plan to build a life, a love, and a legacy together. Just head over to legendarymarriage.com slash coaching and schedule your free breakthrough session today. All right. So whether you're feeling that weariness um, or you just want to get a jump on 2019 goals, we'll give you a sounding board and get you radically clear about what's important. So wherever you're at, whatever you're up to, we want to help. No strings attached. We won't be trying to sell anything. We'll simply help you identify and process that thing that might be having you feeling stuck. And we'll get you a clear strategy to take action to get you where you want to go. So legendarymarriage.com slash coaching to claim your free 60-minute breakthrough coaching session today. And make 2019 the best year ever. Make it legendary. Yes, legendary. And now, back to our show. And yeah. by the way, all of my romance novels are based upon a true story. <laughs> oh, they Ooh. are. That's what I was going to kind of say. Like, is the stuff that you write about, like, is this legitimately, can it be real in real life? Or is it parts, just in the book or just on the yeah. screen? I think, I think parts of it can. I mean, whose life are we talking about? I mean, there's nothing better when you're reading a book and you read this line and you go, holy crap, this, this writer's talking to me, mm-hmm. right? This is my experience. He wrote this book for me. And you go to all your friends and they're like, yeah, it's okay. I didn't get it. Right. Um, so yeah, I think it can totally be, be uh, applicable, but I, I, I want it to be, 
writing that's in motion, right? Like it's, it's, it's not just fantasy. It's tied in with reality. Every one of my characters is based upon somebody I've met. And some of them are people I've been in relationships with. Mm. Now, do you ever try something out in real life as far as romance goes? See it, how it plays out and then write about it if it does? I'm doing research. All the time. Do you? Oh, I love it. All okay, give us an example, Robin. Give us an example. So yeah, I uh, Facebook and social media has been fantastic for this because there's there's you know, we're all playing out online. And so some of the best things I do, and, I, and I'm real open with it now, I'll, I'll take someone, maybe it's a friend, or we're just, quote unquote, friends on Facebook, but I don't really know each other. You know, yeah, just a quick. Friends aren't friends on Facebook. But we're friends, but she has some type of interesting X factor about her. Maybe you can see it in her pictures or the way she speaks. There's just um, lately, uh, it's been women with um, really dynamic eyes, right? Just those piercing hazel, maybe green or blue eyes that have a contrasting dark hair. Um, Because I'm writing paranormal, I'm looking for kind of that witchiness, right? And so a writer, there's there's a saying, one of my favorite sayings is, a writer is the sum total of his experiences. Go get some. Mm-hmm. go get some the more I travel the better my writing gets the more I interact with people the better my writing gets um so to, to ask your question Danielle yeah absolutely um I do it most on social media because it's easy um but I'll reach out to them and ask them say hey I, I think you'd be a fantastic muse I'm developing this this story this is the character would you like to kind of chat with me about this and m- most of them are you know, super ecstatic that, that they could be based on a true story. Some are a little shy about it because they don't know what it means. Am I coming on to them? Whatever. But I I have a pretty, I mean, I have a pretty, um, you know, approachable, I mean, I can put things a certain way and and, and do a couple of resets if I need to. Um, but they're either into it or they're out. It it doesn't matter. You know, there's, there's no shortage of, of characters, character fascination. Okay, so you obviously, you have someone in your life right now. What does she think about you being a romance novelist? Does she feel like she's like the constant guinea pig? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, no, um, actually, she has been uh, super supportive of this. When I went down this road as a writer, I thought, um, you know, I'm not going to be able to be in a relationship. Um, because it's just too it's too much for somebody to handle, but that's not been the case. I now have people in my life that are very supportive of me as a writer, and I'll I'll really only have people in my life because it's a delicate thing, right? It's an art, and this is who I'm choosing to live now, hopefully forever. And I wish I'd have lived like this earlier, um, so I can only have people in my life close to me that think this is amazing and an art, also at least for me. Do you have any words or any insights that you've kind of gained as an author that you, that could help Ooh, ordinary yeah. couples to infuse some romance into their relationship, even if they're not a writer? Yeah, well, I have, yes, of course. Um, I don't think you have to be a writer to to infuse romance uh, into into your relationship. 
for me, uh, writing romance is is not just a relationship. It's not just a one-on-one thing. It's and it's it's not just a sexual thing. For me, I mean, when you're let's look, let's look at romance. The word romance. I mean, if you are romantic, you are present. You are you are you are in your best self, right? You are cleaned up. You are ready. You're mannerly, right? I mean, some of the best salespeople I've ever met are romantic people, right? Because they're all those things, right? I just, I just leased an apartment over the weekend in this high rise in, in downtown San Diego. And the, uh, the gentleman that leased it to me was all those things. He was articulate. He had eye contact. Uh, he spoke to me, not at me. He wasn't trying to sell me. He was being of service. He was making a connection. And I trusted him. I trusted him. And I made a very big purchase. I mean, a, a lease, a 12-month lease is a big purchase. I didn't have to verify what this guy said. It just felt like truth. And I'm good to go. And I'm not even worried about it. And I would submit to you that, that being romantic has all those characteristics. You know, I, I've actually heard uh, heard someone talk about the sales process as a seductive process. Yep. Like he yep. uses the word seduction, mm-hmm. and 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 not not from a manipulative point, but but like a, the parallel really is there. You know what? That's really interesting because if it falls flat. Like you come off like a sleazy salesman. You're like, right. Hey baby, right. you want right. to, okay. Okay. No sales conversation ever starts with, Hey baby. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. You come off like that. If you as a husband, like, okay, you and me, right? Hey baby. Yeah. If you're like, Hey babe, you want to go get the Vaseline and go to town or something? You're like, <laughs> come on. What are you <laughs> Like that's just sleazy. That's Vaseline. That's... <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. You text me immediately. What have you been will, if that if ever says that. <laughs> so you look. It's, it's another word for it is charm. Define the word charm. It says the power or quality of giving delight or arousing admiration. That's seduction. That is so beautiful. Right, and isn't that what we're doing in romance? Yeah. I just do it. I st- most romance most romance writers like they've just got this tiny little picture on the back of the cover. You don't know what they look like. You don't really know who they are. I'm reversing it. I'm a heterosexual male that writes that writes heterosexual romance from a woman's point of view, and I'm getting out in front of it. And most of my other nonfiction books I wrote were all about the art of this. Right, the art yeah. of touching a woman, the yep. style, the gentleman style guide, how to heal your heart, right? Like the epic life, all of that were are nonfiction books about how you show up, right? How you interact with each other. Uh, I've got another nonfiction book I haven't written or I've written but haven't published, um, uh, teaching women how to date, how to find a guy, and yeah. I've done all these videos on it. So, you know, I, I think romance for me is a huge value. And um, I think it just improves the way we treat each other. Yeah. So, how do, like, let's say you're starting to date someone. How is the romantic charm received? And I'm wondering, is it like, 
does it have longevity to it? Because I know a lot of people when they start dating, they can do like all the romantic stuff in the beginning and then it just kind of drops off. We get we get comfortable. Familiarity breeds contempt. Mm. Right? Why is it every romance novel is the same way? Right? Guy meets girl, tries to be cool, she's cute, doesn't really see him. He wins her attention by just crazy persistence. He makes a big fool of himself. I mean, the whole act of a guy getting on his knee and proposing with this ridiculous uh rock is yeah. a is a process of of humble humiliation, right? You yeah. know, submission of of I want to win your heart. But once you win, what do you do? Every woman has the same complaint. He was thin and muscular and romantic and we met. Now he's drinking beer on the you know what I mean? That's just not hot. So romance is constantly reinventing itself. It's 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 being curious. It's it's showing up in different shapes and different scenarios. Uh, the, my latest, my debut romance novel, it's paranormal to kind of bring out the mystic, right? So Ooh. it's a it's a different kind of romance, but still based upon a true story. Did you date an alien, Robin? No, that's. Can you tell you? Can you tell you how I wrote the book? Yeah. yeah. You okay. went Mars and <laughs> <laughs> well, it did feel like that. Uh, oh, so, paranormal is ghosts. What am I ghosts? thinking of? No, you're right. Paranormal is werewolves, Dracula. Oh, ghosts. okay, okay. Yeah, I'm like uh, it, any kind of human shape shifting. You know, it's just supernatural. Yeah, right? like the so movie Harry Ghost. Potter, All right, come on. Where, where they're doing ghosts, the Potter's yeah. wheel. Right, but it's it's more fantasy. So right. uh, I wrote Lovers in the Woods. And I knew I wanted to be a writer. I had a lot of conflicting identities going on. I was, I had my feet in a lot of different things that really weren't all that complimentary, but had a theme going through them. And the theme was creativity, was romance, was writing. It was kind of a dark night of the soul for me. So I went to Idlewild. Idlewild is about an hour and a half away from San Diego. It's known to be a highly, highly spiritual place, right? Okay. Wood, just woods. Um, it's really beautiful, beautiful place. Um, but there's cabins. So I got a small cabin in the woods and I uh, went on a hike and um, I kind of lost myself in the hike. Uh, if anybody you've ever hiked, the stillness in the woods when you're by yourself is yeah. creepy. It's like deafening silence. Yeah. And in that deafening silence, like you just hear voices, like you just hear yourself. You, it's just, it's a total breakdown um, of the norm and it can get spooky. I mean, you get vertigo and the trees are going over which way. And um, so I wrote a third of the book while I was out there. And it was just a experience like on the trail, on the trail. Yeah. Like on my <laughs> iPhone away on your phone. Yeah. Hacking yeah. Away on my phone or voice texting it. Yeah. And I came back and I was like, there's something here. And so I changed the character, but elements of me are obviously go through it, go through it all. And um, he meets someone mysteriously on the trail, falls in just head first in this romance. And she takes on form and does all this different stuff. But he essentially just has all these breakdowns and battles, these evil characters from the underground that try to kill him and take him out. And she helps him battle that. And they have this epic romance. You know, you point at something there uh, that that I think we miss. 
uh, oftentimes, and it's that romance, a romance, a marriage, a relationship, a fairy tale is marked by a, a couple common elements. It's it's mm-hmm. a love interest, like the, the the prince and the princess, the king and the queen, the the man and the woman, or the the couple, and 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 there is a battle, like it's totally. it's, it's a story of the two of them. Like the, the one story is of the relationship, but the, but the story is of how the relationship is shaped by the, the, the journey. Mm-hmm. And like, as you were saying, I was like, oh, there's the hero's journey. Like <laughs> the hero's journey. Every story has the hero's journey. Yeah. And I just, I, every good story has the, is, is based in yeah, every good okay. story. Okay. And I, and I think say, I, say what the heroes, where were we talking about the hero's journey here? Robin, but, tell us about okay. that. Hero's Journey was, was pioneered by Joseph Campbell, the late Joseph Campbell, who was heavily into mythology. And he he essentially unraveled what was in every story from Star Wars to Jurassic Park to Dorothy, uh, uh, Dorothy and the Tin Man. Um, Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz, thank you. Like everything. It's on Harry the tip Potter. of my tongue because the girls listen to that soundtrack as they go to sleep every um, night. Right. Yeah. Every story has that. The the main character, the, the the protagonist, is just kind of bumping along. Everything's fine, and he has this grand call to action, right? This 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 invitation to step into this thing. Uh, he does. He goes through breakdown. He has companions that come alongside him. So look at that. That's Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Chewbacca, right? That's his companions. He battles the underground has breakdowns, his companion helps him, and when all is lost, he triumphantly slays the dragon, gets the girl, saves the village, saves the world, and then he comes back, and the village celebrates him, and then he brings all that knowledge to the village. And then the whole cycle starts all over again, and everybody is in some cycle of that hero's journey. Everybody you meet on the planet is in some cycle of that. You know what? It's interesting that when you're bringing up the different stages of the hero's journey, it seems like sometimes as married couples, we can get stuck in that place where it's just like a struggle. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's like, do you ever come back out on the other side and, you know, have the celebration and bring it back as a victor? Right. And, you know, that part right. of it, it's like, do you ever... Yeah, we get stuck in the trials and challenges. Just it just consumes yeah. so many couples. Where's the happily ever after? Even if it's just for a night. Yeah, that's romance. And so I, I'll also throw in this: a gentleman named Michael Haig is a screenwriter developer. So he helped uh, Will Smith create Hitch. He's brought in to certain things to kind of to kind of make stories work, yeah. and he taught and teaches at almost all the romance writers conventions. So I took his class and, and I think this applies for stories because all life is story, but totally applies for relationships and marriages. And that is what Michael Haig taught is every story with a romance is a man has his identity. He thinks he's this, a woman comes in and challenges that identity because what he see, what she sees is his true self, his essence. Mm. And the breakdown, so there's kind of like a hero's journey going on inside of this whole thing is he has to leave behind his identity and step into his essence 
for him to get the girl. And yeah. every romance has that. And I think every, I think every relationship does that. A- absolutely. I, I think w- when we talk about the, the, the context of what marriage is, I, I, we, we often say it's like, it's a crucible for becoming who you're meant to be. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can't be in a, in a committed relationship in a, in an intimate relationship and not be faced with, yeah. Oh, my interior is fa- is not matching yep. my exterior because yep. I have someone exterior <laughs> externally right. who's seeing it. If you're in your identity in a relationship, a committed, like intimate relationship where you're really seeing each other, identity, I liken it to uh, a splinter under the skin. You can't yeah. leave it there. It will boil and fester and it's nasty, yeah. right? Because you've got to step into your true self. And that's where I write romance characters from. And the more I can intensify that with death and betrayal and crazy drama and, and interesting things, the more the lessons will come. And I think that's where the entertainment is. Oh my gosh. I love it. So so let's let's kind of take a minute and break this down a little bit because I'm thinking about I'm thinking about the guys listening to this to the show and 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 couples in general. And how can how can people take some of the, these principles we've talked about of romance writing and start to infuse it into their relationship? I would start with good poetry, poetry from like Ananias Nin, William Blake, William Blake. Um, I wouldn't do Shakespeare or anything too hard to read, but anything that's really, I think the poets are the original truth tellers long before the gurus and long before personal, long before personal development ever came out. Mm. Um, grab a good poetry book of, of a man um, kind of wooing a woman and you will get such beauty of the heart. If that's too much or that's not your style, I think you can learn a lot from a romantic comedy, right? Like, okay, girls like this. If I do this with my girl, she's going to love it. And she's going to associate that love with me. So not that we want to be performers or human doings, but we all want to make each other happy, right? And associate that happiness with each other. So, yeah, I mean, poetry is divine. I've learned so much from poetry, and I learned so much from, from really good writers, really good books, telling a beautiful, beautiful story. I want you to share with our audience, um, so what's the best way to find out you, what you're doing, what you're writing, and your books and all that? Yeah. Uh, super easy. Uh, it's my full name, Robin Austin Reed, on all the channels. So .com, Facebook, Instagram. It's all Robin Austin Reed. And uh, if you just Google that, you'll you'll see me on any. You know, you, we like different channels, so you can obviously go to my website. But on all the social media channels, it's all the same. And you, we will throw all those links in the show notes. We'll read them up. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Robin. Thanks for having me. I love what y'all are doing with marriages. And I I hope this really helps your listeners in tying in uh, how something that, that is, is everywhere. This this story of romance. Um, Now that's a, you have romance. That's a legendary marriage. Okay, honey. So my view of what romance is has shifted over the years. Yeah. See, like, okay, so when we were first dating, I have to tell all our listeners this. Justin, like, the big romantic gestures were Justin's bag, totally. Well, I mean, big romantic gestures, little romantic gestures. I just, between the two of us, I'm the romantic. 
Oh, definitely. Even if you remember back to the episode we did about erotic blueprints, like my erotic blueprint kind of maps to that that romantic, the sensualist, and like the... all of that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like back in the day when you proposed to me and it was this like elaborate scavenger hunt throughout the entire city. My sister was dressed up as a SWAT team member. Your dad was Santa Claus. That wasn't he my dad. That was Santa Claus. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And then I had to go and there were rose petals on the church floor that were leading up to the... Yeah, it was very romantic. But now romance feels a little different to me. Yeah. Like I love... It's very romantic when you um, are with the kids with me. Like you help with the kids and we're like tag teaming. Okay, sorry. Does that sound weird? Sorry, what? You were in the middle of saying something. You're making some weird face. like Me? Making a weird face? disturbing or something. Eh, you know, to me, romance doesn't really include the kids. I'm, I'm just saying, when we have each other's back, like it's like all we're, right, doing, all right, we're sure. doing something together. All right, you can frame it that way. Frame it, I like that. I wasn't trying to be weird or Nobody's disgusting. saying you're trying to be weird. All right, what's romantic... <laughs> What's romantic to you nowadays? Um, romantic to me, I mean, honestly, uh, <laughs> sexy lingerie. Okay, a thanks. clean house. Um, you know, simple things like any act acts of service is kind of a, a yeah. up there for me. Um, that is, but you know, any chance we get to just go uh, and and not be around the kids. <laughs> so the opposite of what I said. <laughs> no. Just what you said, only without the kids part. <laughs> like, okay. and it's not, it's not about sex. It's just like a romance is the two of us just being able oh, to connect. Only and, us together. And yeah. 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 So when we go hiking that and, and we go on, you know, go into the gym and stuff like that. That's, that's romance time together where we're, we've got each other's backs and we're, we're able to connect. Yeah. Okay, we might have to further this conversation but, but, offline. But hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we get to the date night or the talk about it seg- segment, are you a big romance reader? No, no, I'm not. No? No. I mean, how about you? Well, I mean, I think I read Fifty Shades a while ago. That's right. right? And that, you did. It's, you did. That, it's it's, a, it's a, a segment in that genre. Yeah. It was interesting. I mean, personally, I think it was overhyped. I, like yeah. I just I didn't get all that into it. And then what about like Twilight though? Did you ever get into I think I watched the first movie of it. Yeah. Um, but I think that was about it. Yeah. Um, I'm not a big vampire, like werewolf, whatever that was. I'm not into all that fantasy stuff. What so. are you into in that kind of world? Like well, what would that be? Okay. Well, we talked about it in the episode, but a rom com yeah. I would. I am definitely into rom coms. Okay. All right. So for our next like fantasy role play thing, we'll do like you're the you're the executive at the magazine who can't and you're keep Matthew a ga- McConaughey, a and I'll be like the vampire Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> this may need a little work. All okay. right. And now that you've heard way too much. And now the talk about it segment of the show. Each week we challenge you to set a time with your spouse to have a conversation that matters. All right. Here's the question. What can we do to bring some more 
romance into our relationship. I think we could we could read some. Let's read let's read some romance together. Let's It'd be fun. We and, can like read and, to each other It'll and be fun. W- watch some rom coms. Sure. All right, that's it for today's show. As always, we're talking about all the hot topics from the podcast and so much more over in our free community on Facebook. So come join the conversation. You can find this episode and the show notes over at legendarymarriage.com slash 117. Lastly, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show so we know how we're doing and other couples can find us. All right, that's it for today's show. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. This is Danielle and Justin reminding you. Hey, don't settle for an ordinary marriage. Make yours legendary. Legendary.